Turn All right. Uh, welcome to Real Estate Success. I'm your host, Mina Badros, today with Chris Nelson from the Nelson Home Group uh, with Jen Stone Realty. Chris, great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Mina. For sure. Uh, Chris, I want people to get to know who you are a little bit before we dive into our real estate talk. Um, without mentioning any of your professional accomplishments, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure. So um, as you mentioned, Chris Nelson, born and raised right here in the uh, Montgomery County, right outside of Philadelphia area, one county over from you, to be honest. I've uh, been in real estate for quite some time. Uh, this is actually what I've done for since I've been legally able to, you know, to have a, a profession. I'm a father of four children. My wife and I, uh, ironically, <laughs> or not ironically, we've, we've, we've known each other since middle school. That's very um, cool. So I, I put that out there first before I tell people that, you know, the, the range of age for my kids, anywhere from 22 <laughs> to three, <laughs> you know, wow. kind of started all over again. Um, you know, but aside from that, um, I'm very passionate about things in my community, you know, uh, local businesses, things that are going on, uh, road cyclists in the craft beer. That's pretty much it, man. That's me. That's awesome. Uh, a lot to unpack there. But um, and uh, you've done a lot in your real estate career. Uh, what do you do right now? Like, how do you spend your time uh, as a real estate professional? <laughs> um, so my business is a little bit different than your your the average realtor you'll come into. Uh, as I mentioned, 20 some odd years in the industry, I do traditional real estate, you know, regular helping buyers, sellers, investors, but I also represent uh, corporate clients. Um, and by corporate clients, I'm referring to financial institutions, um, banks, uh, you know, um, uh, hard money lenders who, you know, need to maybe potentially recoup some of their assets. Uh, I'm also a real estate coach in the Tom Ferry ecosystem. And um, I do a lot of BPOs and evaluations to support the, you know, the, the REO side of things. So there's also an, eval an, an evaluation arm to my current business. Well, that is a ton there. Um, give me one second, actually. I have to yeah. take a pause. Yep. I'm probably going to cut this out. I realized my uh, camera lights were on. No, <laughs> no worries. No problem. Good, good thing we're recording, not not broadcasting live. All right. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that's a that's a lot there, man. Um, out of all of those roles uh, that you mentioned, um, and you know the hats that you wear, what is it that you enjoy most, or kind of gives you, um, you know, the most meaningful or rewarding, uh, you know? Yeah. Recently, coaching. Right. Um. And that has is is and I I emphasize recent. This is my first year as a coach in the ecosystem. Um, so obviously, just part of my personality has always been big on giving back. Uh, so being able to give back to other people who who had some of the same struggles I've had, you know, um, that has been extremely rewarding for me. Uh, but also, you know, I really do enjoy the REO side of things. And although that is more of a, I'm going to use the word grim side of our business. You know, I, I am unfortunately taking up taking homes back uh, from people who who love their home. But I found that what I what I did love about that part of the industry is that I'm coming in contact with people who um, who are in need of something, you know, and, and usually when people are faced with such adversity like that, they kind of put their head in the sand, hoping that one day they're going to pick their head up 
and everything magically is going to be okay, right? They just they need someone who um, is going to come in there and, and just make sure that they understand that their options and that even though they're you know they're here at this point in their life, uh, trying to show them that there's things that they can do to get back on track. So I found, it, you know, locking up homes isn't the exciting part, but being the light at the end of someone's tunnel is, it just ties into that giving back. So I, I found a way to enjoy that part of the business, as long as I approached it with a, a value, provide value mindset. Awesome. Love that. Uh, let's talk about coaching for a second and uh, kind of in your, from your perspective as a coach, what have you noticed has been some of the major uh, pain points or challenges for agents, if you could narrow them down to like three buckets that or categories that you see often? Mm -hmm. So the biggest is mindset. Mm. Um, the other is lack of structure. Okay. And I would say the other, the, the other big hurdle that most agents have is they're good at a lot of, they're good at a lot of different things, but they're not excellent at one thing. Right. Mm. Um, so mindset, though, I think is by far the most and you can relate to that being in this industry where, right. you know, nothing is guaranteed. We can show up, we can give one hundred and ten percent and leave with zero. Right. So right. Um, having a uh, realistic uh, approach, mindset, being, you know, motivated to to move the needle constantly and remembering things like the compound effect, you know, just showing up and doing the right. reps all those little things. I think those, that's really the biggest thing, but it's amazing to me how many um, realtors, you know, say they work 40 hours a week or for whatever that number is. And you really peel back the layers of their schedule. And it's like, you don't, you don't work 40 hours a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you might be busy 40 hours a week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Right. So those are the things I think that were probably the biggest that I'm helping people, you know, navigate at, at this current time. And then apply that to some of the, the the punches that we're all aware of, you know, the threats out there, the lack of inventory, the higher interest rates, just trying to help them use their tools to work through that stuff. Awesome. Now, um, can you take us back through your real estate journey? Obviously, you do a lot now. You didn't start doing them all on day one, right? Yeah. Um, so can you take us a little bit about how you started and the evolution of your real estate journey? Yeah. So, um, I'm that prime example. You know, my mother always told me that, you know, I was either going to be dead or in jail if I didn't make some changes in life. Right. Um, out of high school, I had very little motivation, went to community college, not sure what I was going to do. Ironically, I went into community college uh, as a communications major. And I'll, I'll pick up on that again in a second. And then my mother got to a point where she was like, look, you either have to do something or you have to get out the house. And uh, she said, my mother was actually the receptionist for a REMAX office here in Montgomery County. She said, you know, mm -hmm. there's two guys um, and they're looking for an assistant. And why don't you just come in and talk to them? So they agreed to have me come in and speak to them. And then at the end of the interview, they said, look, you can show up on Monday, but here's the deal. You got to cut your braids. You got to show up with your hair. Yeah, I mean, your, your, uh, your, your pants pulled up. Right. Mind you, this is. 99, 2000, back when big clothes and baggy, baggy, baggy right. pants were the thing. So I showed up and uh, became their assistant, haircut, you know, and uh, pants on my waist. And I quickly realized that these guys were collecting some pretty handsome checks. And here I am on this side, you know, the conveyancer or the assistant, and I'm doing 70% of what I thought was the work, right? And I'm looking at their check and I'm looking at my check. I'm like, this, this equation just doesn't make sense. I knew I had more in me. 
Thanks. So I decided to go out, get licensed, which I did. Uh, I then went out and decided to leave uh, and kind of go out on my own. As I mentioned, I was just their assistant. And I went to Caldwell Banker in, in Collegeville. And I went out there and uh, I struggled. And um, a couple months or about a year goes by and then my house was in foreclosure. I said, oh, wow. crap, what am I going to do? So um, I looked at that threat and I, I looked at it as an opportunity. I said, well, okay, um, if I'm not the only one in foreclosure, a lot of people are in foreclosure, there has to be an opportunity here to make money. So I mentioned a minute ago, part of my business is doing evaluations for servicers. So I found out that people were actually driving by my house, taking photos, doing this thing referred to as a BPO. So I said, what's a, let's I break down for those who, who might not know, not, not to cut you off, but yeah, uh, what's, what's a servicer? What's a PPO? So a servicer is the, the people you generally pay your mortgage to. Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Santander, whoever. Right. They service the loan for the investor, right? So that, that's who I'm making my payments to. A BPO is a broker's price opinion, which is an opinion of price from a broker or a licensed agent in a brokerage. So I looked at it and I said, okay, people are driving by my house and they're they're doing this and they're getting paid for it. Why I, I can do that. I have the skill set to do that. So I found out how to get involved in there. Long story short, that got my house out of foreclosure. You know, um, we did several thousand evaluations because this is when things were hot and heavy. And I got my house out of foreclosure. And then I said, well, wait a minute, there's another piece of this business, right? I, I'm doing the evaluations. How do I get the bricks and sticks? How do I get these properties as listings? Right. So I went down that rabbit hole, made those connections, and then I started representing. I got my first bank asset. And I remember the asset manager was like, oh, you are like a rock star. Little did she know it's because I was the only agent that she gave a property to that didn't have 100 assets. Right. I didn't have 100 of these to, to deal with. So you would so, run out and do these evaluations pretty quickly, right? Turn them around quickly. Did it quickly answered her phone calls, responded to her emails all quickly. She's like, wow, this is golden, right? So she gave right. me more, gave me more. And then that that just snowballed. And then that that took off and really was the, the backbone of my business for quite some time until that pipeline slowed up. Hmm. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I need to do something else or else I'm going to be in foreclosure again, right? So then I realized that, well, I'm a real estate agent. Why am I not focusing on procuring traditional business? So while the REO thing was kind of going through its its ups and downs and inventory here and not there, I said, you know what? I need to be the face of you know my community, which is why I started doing a lot of content creation. Um, I know you've seen a lot of my videos. I started putting myself out it. there. <laughs> and that's where I'm at now, man. So that, that literally, uh, that pressure of losing my house really is what sparked the fire under me. Mind you, my 11-year-old was a year old at the time. You know, my wife's like, what's going on? So that sparked something in me where I looked at that threat. It didn't, it, it did, I didn't let it cripple or buckle me. I found a way to motivate and find business opportunities in that. All right. That's awesome. Uh, now you, you found a way to kind of break into the REO side of the things and uh, represent a lot of uh, banks on listings. Uh, not many Asians kind of break into that niche, right? So if there's someone out there that was looking to kind of do that. And I think there's a big disconnect between, I guess, the bank and the agents, right? So how can um, agents or what steps can they take to kind of position themselves well to get into that side of business? The first thing I would say, any agent who wants to do this, the first thing you need to ask yourself is, do, 
do you really want to do this, right? Uh, so I'll answer your question in a second. Keep in mind, it's very emotional, right? As I mentioned, you are putting people out of out of homes, right? So if you're approaching that the wrong way, you'll be approached, you'll, you'll get responded to the yeah. wrong way. You also have to have capital, right? You have to be able to maintain, you have to be responsible for grass cuts, snow removals, electric bills, cleaning the toilets, right? Um, so if you're okay with that, you know, it, it, it goes back to that. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm. So you have to be able to, to show value to the decision makers, the people who are able to, to provide assets. So I can tell you, you have to go out there. You have to meet people. You have to meet people in the industry, learn the lingo, go to events and, you know, again, be, be able to show that, you know, this industry and that you can take care of that asset for that particular investor. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Mm. Awesome. Now, let me uh, put my investor hat on and ask for my uh, investor friends who are, who are buyers, right? Yeah. Um, since you kind of get to work on their, on the other side mm -hmm. of things, uh, what can investors do uh, to, again, also position themselves well to be able to have good relationships with the banks or with listing agents uh, that represent banks to be able to acquire you know, foreclosure properties. And so I'm sure that's a million dollar question. A lot of investors want to know, but uh, what have you seen on the ground? I would say in the last year or two, it's been difficult for investors to have that relationship because I'll be transparent, you know, the, there when we weren't allowed to advertise our coming soon properties, that really put a strain on the relationships, right? If I had inventory even if I wasn't allowing them into the property, if I was just saying, hey, Mina, I got one, two, three Main Street coming up. I think this is something that matches your, you know, your, your criteria. This looks like something you would invest in. I'm, I'm not really allowed to do that anymore, sure. right? Whether it's be whether it's on my website or it's word of mouth, right? So that really changed what we used to be able to do, right? So the board of associ you know, the Association of Realtors, NAR, if you're hearing this. We need to have the ability to do that again. You know, we should be the gatekeepers of the inventory. Um, but I would say that it's it's going to be a little more granular. It's going to take a little more effort for investors if they really want to find out what's out there. And I think that may that means going to you know the local courthouses that they want to do business in, or the 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 county courthouses that they want to do business in. Look at what's going on, the filings that are taking place. And I think their best opportunity, especially in this market, is to not wait till it becomes an REO, right? If they can find out that this property is potentially going into or is in foreclosure and is potentially going to be foreclosed on, be boots on the ground and see if you can go provide a service, be a value to that person that's in that home, right? Maybe you can buy it at a discount through a short sale and let the person who's in default rent it back. Right. Until right. they can get out of there and then you can turn around and either rent it out to someone else or flip it. Whatever. Every investor has their own different approach. But I think right now where we're at and this ties into actually a video I just put out the other day is that right now the challenge we're having or not challenge we're having when it comes to foreclosures. It's not a challenge because obviously we I don't want people to lose their home, but I'm not getting a lot of properties assigned to me that are foreclosures in the current environment because here's what's happening. Stats show that foreclosure starts are up, right? That's the headline. Oh, let's scare people. Foreclosure starts are up. People are losing yeah. their house. They're not. They're not. Yes, people are having some issues, right? There's inflation. There's unemployment issues we have to worry about. But there's this thing called equity that people have right now. 
And as long as they don't put their head in the sand, as I mentioned, you know, uh, earlier, too long, where their equity is eaten up by attorney fees and delinquencies and all of that, the foreclosure starts are up. But then what happens, Mina, is people are saying, oh, shoot, we have to do something. Let's call Mina. Let's call Chris. Let's put this house on the market, get our equity and move on. Right. So the foreclosure starts are up, but the foreclosure foreclosure completions are way down. And that's where I think that if investors really want to even create an opportunity in that playing field, they have to they have to position themselves somewhere in the middle. Awesome. I love that. Um, you talk a little bit about what you're doing now. Uh, I'd love to know what's uh, what's next for you. It's a really good question, Mina. Um, so I think what's next for me is, as I mentioned, I've been doing this 20 some odd years. I just turned 40 this year. Well, did you start when you were one? <laughs> <laughs> if I could have, I probably would have. Hindsight being 2020, right? But, um, you know, I definitely want to be a little bit more disconnected from the day-to-day production. Um, as I mentioned, I found a passion in coaching. So I think th- to answer your question, I'd like to continue to, to build the small team. I'd like to help other people uh, ob- obtain you know, financial freedom through real estate, whether that's being on a team with me or connecting with someone on my team to build a, a portfolio of investment properties. I'd also like to be the voice of my community, you know, the digital mayor. Uh, that dot connector, letting people know what events are going on, what new businesses are going on, the changes that are going on in their community. I've, I I think that's where I want to start spending more of my time. So I'll still be a licensed realtor. Uh, but again, building a team, showing other people how to become successful and then spending time with my camera. Love that. Um, what would you say? And, and there's a lot to unpack there. Maybe we'll do another another episode and we'll definitely have conversations about some of this stuff. Sure. Um, what would you say is one thing that you did that had the biggest impact on your real estate career? If you could narrow it down. Content, content creation. Content without, creation. With, without, without a doubt. Yeah. When, when, when did you start that? Uh, obviously it wasn't 27 years ago in the business, right? Uh, yeah. So it's funny. Maybe in some form, I don't know. <laughs> no, you know, earlier I said I was going to revisit why uh, I mentioned I went to community college for a very little bit as a communications major. And I mentioned I was going to revisit that. Well, right out of high school, early 2000, went to community college, went into communication, started creating a little bit of video, right? Just, and of course the con, like the cameras back then were like, you know, yeah, yeah. shoulder kind of deal. So I started creating a little bit of video and I learned the basics, right? And then I didn't do anything as I started getting busy in real estate, although I had this craft in the back of my mind. And then probably about five or six years ago, I had an opportunity, I had a really cool listing. I'm like, you know what? We should do a video on this. Like, and it was, and I, to be transparent now, I think it was more so for personal, like my own personal, not gain, but like, I just thought it would be really cool to do a video, right? The right. house was a smart house. I'm like, I can turn the lights on, the camera shows this. And I did it. And it was super well received. And the other cool part was my client, who's actually a really good friend of mine, they had sold that, that, that house. And I was able to give them this video as like a token, like you can remember this house forever through this video, right? And then- I started doing more video and I'm like, well, why am I not like telling people about like if people are moving to this area, I would want to know like what school my kids would go to or like what, where, where do I go get a drink with my wife after work? 
So we started doing, it was called 30 and 30, 30, 30 different locations in 30 days and real short, Hey, I'm here at so-and-so's bagel shop. And I realized again, super well-received. Awesome. My wife was in the grocery store and someone stopped her and she's like, they're like, Hey, are, are you, are you, are you Chris's wife? And at that point, it really, that's when the light went off. I'm like, you know, realtors spend so much time calling and sending postcards and all this boring stuff. Right. <laughs> and here I am doing something I'm passionate about that provides a return to my community. And now people even know my wife. Like, so that's when that light bulb went off where I'm like, this is fun. This is where I want to be. So that that's awesome. had the biggest return. Awesome. Um, now you and I were in, in broker classes together and I recall, uh, one of the, the things you mentioned in just discussions was, uh, kind of the math, right? Uh, really looking at the numbers being uh, very analytical. And uh, I, I think not enough agents, uh, kind of pay attention or dedicate time to that. Can you talk a little bit about how that impacted your business and, um, the importance of that? Yeah. Um, just want to make sure I'm answering that correctly. So being analytical from, from, from what type of standpoint, because, uh, you know, I log into the MLS every day, every morning, like every, I think every agent should, right. uh, you know, take a look at what's coming soon, what's sold, what's taken off the market. And then also going a little bit further and running, you know, analytics in different programs like Remind and Property Radar to find out, you know, who might be in a distressed situation. Because again, as a realtor and someone who knows an opportunity, I also don't have to wait for that property to go to foreclosure, especially if I'm leading with value. I want to help that person save their home. Right. So running analytics on things like that, you know, kind of gave me additional opportunities. But is that is that more so along the lines of the question you're you're asking, or is there am I misunderstanding the question? Yeah, so it's kind of two sides. I think one of one part of it is kind of knowing the market and uh, kind of seeing opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. As you talked about, but then the other side, uh, maybe for agents who are running ads and marketing campaigns. Mm. Uh, being able to to look at those those numbers and analytics and um, you know yeah. move forward from there. Yeah, uh, so definitely digesting those analytics. See, so the crazy thing is with content creation, and, I, and again, I think from being a coach and talking to different people, people look at the wrong numbers, right? Um, people quantify their success with social media for the amount of likes and comments that they have, which is great. You can create cool content and it's engaging. That, that isn't necessarily gonna gonna lead to a paycheck, right? So what I look at is completely different, right? I'm not worried about how many people liked, although that's cool to see that more people liked it than a previous video. I'm I'm worried more about the time of engagement, right? So if I'm running a if I'm running, if I use a video, right, for example, it's a 10-minute video. If everybody's only watching for a minute or two, well, I that video is not gonna perform well, right? If I'm if people are watching more than half of it, even if it's very little likes, then I know that that is content that's resonating. It's solving a problem for someone, and that's the type of content that I try to double down on, produce more of, because that's what gets the phone to ring. So watching those type of analytics is crucial. And the other thing is, a lot of people don't pay attention to; they'll just run an ad for like thirty bucks or a hundred dollars or whatever. And don't even take the time to find out if anyone engaged with it. They just put it out there. And there's no, and when you constantly do that, you're throwing, you're, you're literally just throwing money away. So if you're right. not taking some time to see how things are being received on the opposite end, you might as well stop creating content. <laughs> right. Right. That makes sense. Um, one question about REO stuff, and then I'll ask you some rapid fire questions uh, and, you know, 
as we begin to wrap this up. For agents who don't know how to even uh, begin doing evaluations or PPOs, um, how could they they get into that? And we don't have to get into too much details on that. Yeah. So I think the easiest thing or square one is there's actually a designation offered through uh, NAR. And Mina, you may know which one it is. It's not coming to mind. It may be, it's not the SFR. There's a, and the SFR designation is the short sale foreclosure resource. Right. There is another evaluation related designation. I would say start there. Okay. There are um, um, tools out there, you know, that you can use. They're more so like contractor tools, but, you know, for example, a $30,000 kitchen renovation may not equate to a $30,000 adjustment on a BPO, right? So spending some time to uh, identify how to use adjustments accordingly, you know, knowing when to subtract value versus add value and what that value should be, I think is probably the most important thing aside from being able to how to like pick Apple to Apple comparables, right? Same design, right. similar square footage, school district, location, all those things. Um, but I would say definitely look into the designation and then connect with someone in the industry who is willing to play nice in the sandbox, right? If you have a question, you're working on a BPO, you see this video, call me, call someone else who is in the industry who might be able to give you some value and some insight. Because um, I also had to do that when I was starting out. I had to, I had to rely on other people to kind of help me with the gray areas. Awesome. I appreciate that. Definitely good information. I'm asking a few rapid fire questions. They might end up being the same answer. We'll see. Um, if you were starting your real estate career today, you know, current economy, modern technology, uh, what would you focus on? Education through, through content. Mm -hmm. I would, there's so much noise. People need to be aware of what's going like on. Providing education or, or intaking education? Providing education. I would okay. be providing education through content. Okay, awesome. Uh, one piece of advice for brand new agents: use your CRM religiously. <laughs> it's, it's not it's not which one, right? It's the one you use. Yeah, and just contact relation management is what your CRM is. Yeah. Uh, advice for new uh, seasoned agents: answer your phone. Okay, I like that one. <laughs> and um, just uh, your big message to to real estate professionals. Mm, I have so many, but I think the biggest one would be no matter how hard things get, make sure that you're putting your client first. Awesome. Well, since you have so many, I'll take two more if you want. Remember our fiduciary responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. All right. Sounds good. Well, Chris, thank you so much, man. Uh, really great interview. I loved it. Um, I got some great things out of it. I'm sure everyone will. Uh, thank you once again. And I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Awesome, Mina. This has been great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Yeah, you too.